1: Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Monaco, Naomi eck and Megan Gailey joined to tackle the following questions. What are we supposed to do with all of our political energy now? How are we staying safe and sane during all this time indoors? Are we due for a round of corona babies or corona breakups? All this and more right now. Hey everybody, the first item on your journey of sound this week. We are practicing social distancing, so the show is going to be a little bit different. But first on the journey, uh, because it's important to stay in touch over these isolating times, I'm going to place a quick phone call to your friend and mine. It is the mistress of Mabel, the queen of quarantine, Naomi Ekparrigan. Hello. Hey, Naomi. Erin, I miss your face. I know. I miss your face, too. Your face is far away. You're socially distancing. I am indeed. Can, I am in the house. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you describe this scene around you to me?
0: <laughs> um, the house is surprisingly clean. There are two cats and a dog, but we've somehow managed to not devolve into total chaos.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. Is the dog helping fight off the disease? Is he just, or is she just, uh, just hanging out?
0: Really just hanging out, just hanging out. She's, she's adjusted to short walks, which is good. (laughs) I didn't think that was going to happen, but it's like, girl, you get 10 minutes. (laughs) We got to get in and out. We ain't got time, but
1: this has to be like Mabel's Christmas. Like, you're home all the time now.
0: <laughs> I know, but we're kind of bored. Like, uh-huh. I think she's becoming a cat because now she's just kind of laying on the couch. Oh. She's like, oh, is this what we do now? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is what we do now.
1: Oh, man. So, Naomi, um, explain to our listeners why we are talking on the phone instead of having you come into a studio for our skeleton crew.
0: Okay. I'm going to tell you guys, I am very serious about social distancing. I have pretty bad asthma, and they say if you've got an underlying condition, uh, COVID-19 can be worse. Also, because we as Americans don't seem to have the capacity to test anybody or find out what's really going on. I said, I'm going to sit my ass right in
1: this house. (laughs) And I have been doing that since uh, Thursday night. Okay, so you're way ahead of most people who are either voluntarily social distancing or who have been mandated by their local governments to shelter in place. So I was wondering if you have any tips for people who are, who are new to this.
0: All right, here are my hot tips. I'm going to tell you right now. You got to get up at a normal hour. Every party is going to say, why? Who cares? Where am I going? But I think for like sanity, getting up, take a shower if you can, if you can muster the energy, if not at least a toothbrush and a face wash, (laughs) and it'll make you feel like you're refreshed. You know what I mean? It kind of gives a change to the day. Cause I know the first couple days I did not do that, Aaron, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt disgusted. And I was like, I don't think I can make it. <laughs> and so, oh my God. Doing that was really helpful, I think. And also, um, you know, trying to delineate the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big, I'll tell you the biggest challenge, honey, really not eat, not eating the food. Because, you know, I got enough food. I've supposedly had enough food for two weeks and, girl,
1: it's very different when you're in the house. Uh-huh. Right. I, it's there. It's calling to you. It's like you're out of activities and you're like, well, eating is an yeah, activity. Exactly. I could do that. Exactly. It's like having a whole pantry full of, like, Scrabble or Sudoku puzzles, except instead of doing the puzzles, you just eat them. And You eat the puzzles. You exactly. You eat the puzzles. Okay. So you you're hanging in there in terms of your mental state and, you know, and, and your health, you're feeling okay. I am feeling okay. So far so good. I take my temperature every day. Uh huh.
0: So this could be a bit of a, you know, it could be a bit of an overreaction, but I just need to know, I think what's really got me, um, being careful is that 14 day incubation period. So I feel like I just need to go full 14 days. Mm-hmm. Right. And once I know I'm fine, then I can, you know, venture out a little more not more like
1: socially but
0: like maybe the dog can be up for 15 minutes instead of 10
1: sure sure um well that seems like a very sober and smart way to handle all this what do you make of um the pictures of like the Costco line in Los Filas where it took seven minutes to walk all the way to the end of it what do you make of all the people kind of buying up toilet paper and various uh, <laughs> breads what What do you think about that Okay. It's, tr- it's really, really tricky. It's, I understand the
0: impulse to be, to feel like, oh my God, if I have to be in the house, what do I need? I mean, see above re-eating all my rations. But <laughs> it's also like, you have to be really honest about if you're in the house for two weeks, what are you actually going to use and do? I'll tell you, we've been in the house, right? It, only our bathroom, no outside bathrooms for almost a week we've gone through one roll. It's okay.
2: <laughs> Two people, <laughs> one roll.
1: That's a fact. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of information, but it's true. You don't really have to go through that much toilet paper. It's also Costco. You know, I've never, Costco
0: to me, I associate with my mother and that, you know, families and suburbia and having a lot of stuff. I could, even on my, even on like a regular day, I, I don't have the confidence for a Costco run. I'm like, can I actually eat all this? Do I have the freezer space for all these sausages? I don't think I think you have to be real about what you are gonna get and
1: know that you can go back out in two weeks. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um also, Naomi, I was thinking about you because I saw on your Insta story that you guys are doing um like stand-up comedy from your various couches. And um, I was wondering as a comedian, if you're coming up with like pandemic material right now,
0: I really do have a lot of thoughts, especially because I'm alone (laughs) Um, or just with Andy, who's like, stop telling me nothing. Aaron, (laughs) yesterday I showed him an egg that looked funky. Oh. I go, look, this eggshell looks funky. And he's like, is this what it's come to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yes, it has. It's come to funky eggshells. Um,
1: oh man.
0: <laughs> but yes, I have a lot of <laughs> pandemic material. I feel like this is the closest I'll be, I'll come to like being a Bronte sister. You know what I mean? Like I feel right. very Writing by candlelight, <laughs> stripped down. Um, so many thoughts about everything, and also my ability to function during a crisis. I'm picturing you know, I'm seeing myself.
1: I'm picturing like you're like a caftan person normally, but I'm feeling you in like a lace nightgown. You're wearing. A, <laughs> you're we- it's got long sleeves. It's got some frills on the ends. It's got you've oh got my a God. Andy's got a wee willy Winky cap on. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Naomi, if our listeners want to hear more of you or they want to see some of your comedy, is there a place that during this time of lockdown and shut in, they can find it?
0: Well, if you go to Instagram, Blacktress Comedy, I will be doing Instagram stories every day, the Corona Chronicles. So all of the thoughts in my head that will hopefully be entertaining. Uh, We will be doing couples therapy on Twitch Once a week, twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. We'll be doing advice episodes and generally trying to interact with people who are not just each other. So, you know, (laughs) tune in for the health of our relationship.
1: Honestly, (laughs) Naomi, I miss you. Looking forward to seeing you in person when all this blows over and uh, stay healthy. Yes, you too. Be safe, my sister. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hysteria is brought to you by Viori. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viori. Viori's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I or love that for Viori.
3: Is that, you know what? That seems like a
1: real perk of e, <laughs> It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. <laughs>
3: five stars no comments 100% great
1: that's the type that's my favorite sport the new the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit all things that are absolutely essential in a legging
3: essential I love these leggings they are because you know like not everybody's the same you know so Mm -hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty so I Size up a little bit, but then it's, t- it's usually too big in my waist, and so now I just just pull that drawstring, exactly. and I don't show. I don't show any crack when I bend over.
1: <laughs> Congratulations!
3: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. See, you have your baby, and I have my butt crack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy-lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Yes won an ultramarathon over the holidays.
3: I saw that. That is so incredible. He
1: ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he, he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultramarathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viori is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at Viori.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I Dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Hey, everybody. If I wasn't taking my temperature every 12 hours, I'd think this was a fever dream. Um, every brand I've ever purchased anything from has a more coherent coronavirus response than the federal government. Um, Chet Hayes has become a voice of sanity and reason. Um, That's Tom Hanks' son who's covered in tattoos. Look him up. It'll be a treat for you. Uh, But at least the first lady helped build that tennis pavilion before we all got forced indoors for weeks. For some clarity on what's going on. With the people whose job it is to help us, I'm going to call my friend, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff under President Obama and stockpiler of cozy socks, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Hello. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, Erin. I have a question for you. Yes. Have you ever built a fort?
3: Of course I have built a fort. Okay. Do you build
1: a fort by taping brooms together? Uh, No. No, that's not normally how I do it. Okay. Um, Related question. If a person says that you build a fort by taping brooms together, do you think they've ever handled a fort building or brooms?
3: Probably not.
1: Yeah. Yesterday, Ivanka Trump, um, expert at... (laughs) expert at hunkering down and making sacrifices and saying the exact right thing. That's relatable to average Americans <laughs> said, uh, she tweeted staying home today with kids plan living room, camp out, throw a bed sheet over some taped together brooms, plan a menu and pack sandwiches, salads, s'mores optional, a fun activity that also brings family together for a meal. Share your ideas and use the
3: hashtag together apart. I love that. She's trying to like get a hashtag trending. <laughs> During a pandemic. (laughs) Also, her father separates
1: families from each other. Together apart is a really weird thing for her to want people to zero in on. You know what? I didn't even think of that. And you are so right. It's just like, uh, anyway, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the lighter side of the pandemic, you know? Is there a light side? I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the politics of all of this before Mm. we get into the, Um, are we all going to get, is this going to be our great depression of all this? Because that's a serious question. Um, So how do you think the pandemic has shaped um, the election that's coming up?
3: Well, it's, it's certainly making it harder for people to vote um, because, you know, older people love to vote and, like going to polling places, not really where I'd go right now, um, personally. It just seems uh, it seems challenging given what most authorities are telling us to do. But you know what? My biggest selfish, uncool fear is what that like you know all of the you know pretty smart reporters, you know, experts on TV, they say that in for all intents and purposes we are a country on a wartime footing right now, mm-hmm. right? And, like, wartime presidents don't often get voted out, and I'm worried after yesterday when Donald Trump literally strung together the first three coherent sentences of his entire presidency, and the TV pundits are like, he's a leader. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So it's like, I feel like the expectations are so low for Donald Trump that if half the population doesn't perish in this pandemic, it's somehow going to be seen as a win for him when, like, he... He and his cronies at Fox News literally seven days ago were like, it's a fucking hoax.
1: Mm-hmm. I do think it's important for people to keep in mind, though, as they watch national media fall over themselves to praise Donald Trump for not shitting his pants and then calling it a, a Democrat hoax. Um, I think something people don't understand is like national media figures are in those positions a lot of times because they have access to people. And one way to maintain access to people is to be overly generous with praise when there's something that's been mildly good done. Um, And it's, you know, source greasing, which is something we've talked about before. I think it's look at everything that you're seeing. Look at all praise of the White House that doesn't come from Fox News And ask yourself why the person might be saying that apart from the fact that they truly believe it. Because very few people only say things because they believe them. People are, especially in the political press, um, full of shit. And I think it's important for people to remember like, okay, why would somebody on a major cable news network say this? It's because they have a source in the White House who would like it if they said this. Maybe it's not the president. Maybe it's somebody who's a a top-level advisor. It's just something media-savvy people should keep in mind as they're paying attention to what's going on. Um, I think, though, Alyssa, do you think that the president's bungling of the response can ever be erased, though? I mean, there's so much on tape.
3: I mean, I, you know what? I don't think that it can be erased, per se, but it's like, do people even have the emotional bandwidth to go back? You know what I mean? Like, this, this pandemic affects so many people. So many people are out of work, have lost contracts, like can't afford the food they need to stockpile. And so it's like, if they get through it, people going to like look back in time and want to hold them accountable. I don't, I guess I just don't know. I'm not having like a ton of confidence in people's memory.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. At the same time, we do have that really digestible clip of Donald Trump saying, I don't take responsibility
3: at all. Which that's well, that is true. And there's also a really just terrifying yet delish uh, matchup of or mashup, whatever you say, of every, all the Fox News hosts eight days ago versus what they were saying last night. And it's it's pretty it's pretty enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, it is kind of crazy that they're spinning it like he's he's a strong leader responding to a serious threat, and then yeah, eight days ago. I mean, I guess they're maybe banking on the fact that the people that are watching can't remember eight days ago, but that that seems a little odd. Um, one thing that I've noticed um, in in the I, I can't believe it's been only a week since they were calling it a hoax. It's crazy to me. Um, one thing that I've noticed though is that Joe Biden um, has figured out a way. To inspire confidence in me when I watch him talk about this, which was not necessarily something that he was always doing before, do you feel right? Do, do you think that that's is it just me
3: or do you think a lot of people feel that way? I think if you look at and look, I was in the White House when uh you know his chief of staff was was he his chief of staff at the time? Ron Klain was overseeing like the ebola um Ebola outbreak, and it's like look people who know how to functionally pull together the component parts of the United States government who can harness the appropriate level of response um, for the American people. I think it's like, you know, you're like, guzzling water after being in the desert for three and a half years at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that for sure the people that, you know, um, Vice President Biden pulled together sort of his own pandemic um, advisory group. And one of those people is Lisa Monaco, who was um, she was an assistant to the president uh, to Barack Obama for Homeland Security and counterintelligence and knowing she knowing nothing else but knowing that she is with Joe Biden I'm like we're good because she's one of the fucking smartest people I've ever known in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it, we should feel good to hear him talk about it because I do think that he would pull together uh the people and the agencies who would be fucking beating the shit out of this right now. But then also when you look at the debate the other night, I also do think that this moment in time gives the idea of Medicare for all that Bernie Sanders has been talking about for most of his life, real credence, because people should in this time be able to go see a doctor if they're sick, get treated, not worried that their treatment's going to bankrupt them, and specifically not let big pharma profit during a pandemic. So I do think that, that all in all, in terms of leadership on the Democratic side, we are in good shape.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is one very, very faint silver lining that it seems like Two two wings of the party can come together and bring something from both wings. I totally agree with you on the Medicare for all thing. I was thinking about uh, the other week when people were talking about how everybody should be able to use Medicare and Medicaid in order to pay for coronavirus treatment. I was thinking, so what if you're sick with something else and you can't afford it? Right. Like, why should it only be coronavirus treatment? Like, what if you're sick with with uh, I don't know, what if you what if you're sick with like another emphysema or whatever? And before you go into the hospital, you're like, oh, shit, this is going to cost me a ton of money. I guess I'm going to just touch a bunch of stuff and then touch my face and hope I get the one that gets covered by the government. It kind of exposes the ridiculousness of the fact that our healthcare system is for profit in the
3: first place. Yes. Entirely true. Yeah. Because like when you think about it, if you have a stage four cancer, should you not be able to get treatment? Like what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully on the other side of this, we make some positive social changes. Um, That's me being as Pollyanna as I possibly can be. Um, Right now, the federal government is and it changes from day to day. So, you know, by the time people listen to this, There might be entirely new things in play, but the federal and state and local governments are talking about relief for people who are suffering the economic effects of coronavirus. A lot of people have been laid off. I read that by Tuesday, almost 20% of American households had at least one person who had lost work. Um, I can say that Hollywood is completely shut down and all related, um, jobs around Hollywood are shut down, um people can't pay rent, people who work in bars, people who work in gyms, people who work in restaurants. Like, what do you think a good stimulus package would look like for those people?
3: I mean, I just think that people, you know, more than anything, and let's be honest, I am not an economist. Let's just straight up with that. Whoa, what? What well, you heard me. I'm not an economist, but you know what I think would be great? Like, what are we staring down the barrel of? Tax season. Right. So I feel like people, if they wanted to really help people and give them a sense of like calm, most people are going to owe taxes. Like, why don't we just give people a break on their taxes do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like let them give people a greater refund or let them, let them claim more, let them pay a little bit less if they make under, you know, $200,000 a year or whatever. I'm just like, it's really hard to understand what could make people feel better. You know, I mean, because for so many people, this is a long haul. Like, I don't know about you, but I have lost my consulting contracts. They're not coming back, mm-hmm. you know, mostly. So my concern, and and let's just say I'm a lucky person, you know, stipulated, but like my problem is not going to be resolved in two months. Mine's going to take six or eight months, especially depending on when we bounce back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I think it, it, people fall into different categories. I think most Americans, a lot of Americans fall in the category of people who don't have a month worth of expenses just saved up and ready to just spend on—during a month where they're not bringing anything in. I think right. I think that there should be a total suspension of rent and mortgage payments. I know that that is yes. r- radical, but I don't think that during a time of crisis that anybody should be expected to pay rent and mortgage payments. I think that eviction should be completely halted. I think that there should be no— um, Collections activity on any delinquent account should cease. I think that there should be. I mean, this is like really fucking radical, but I don't think that the credit union, or credit score companies, should be allowed to mark anything negative for the next ninety days on anybody's credit. Agree. And I think, and I think that student loan payments should be totally stopped. Now, what is that going to do? That's going to hurt people who um, work in industries that package those things as securities and sell off pieces of them, a la the things that led us to the financial crisis. Those, that's going to hurt the debt industry that's going to hurt banks but i care a lot more about people than i do about banks and furthermore i um i've been hearing some chatter um because basically right now the federal government is just throwing spaghetti at the wall and doing whatever it can to try to stimulate the precious stock market um i've been hearing chatter of bailing out the airlines and bailing
3: out cruise ships and i say fuck that fuck that you know what like I understand that. I mean, it's also like this harken back to like 2008, where yes, fundamentally I understand that then the market was so insecure that if the banks went off a cliff, it was we were going to be the people, real people were going to be the ones to pay the price, mm-hmm. right? But, like, I don't know about you, but reading those stories yesterday about how the airlines had been so profitable that they were taking their profit and buying back their own stock, I just don't feel like they need the bailout in the way that, say, the woman who, like, opened the shop down the street with her life savings uh, and in two more weeks will lose everything. Mm-hmm. I think that she needs the help a bit more.
1: hmm I completely agree. Um, I-, I also wanted to talk really quickly about— you know, if you're a person who everybody is kind of taking a hit right now, but if you're somebody who has taken less of a hit or was maybe in a position where you're more prepared um, for this, that you're going, you're not worried about being able to pay your rent. I was trying to think of like nice things to do for people in your community that are working super hard. Like um, one thing, I, a couple weeks ago, I tweeted something about like, how can you help what a medical workers need right now? Right. And one thing that people can do, if you have like 20 extra bucks, 30 extra bucks, um, you could call a local hospital and ask what the procedure would be to send them like a jug of coffee and some donuts. Or, you know, if some places will allow you to send outside food, other other places, you could just send them gift certificates. um, But that's something that people can do. Do you have any suggestions for helping
3: overworked healthcare workers? Couple things. One, don't hoard the shit that they actually need in terms of supplies. And for all these people who are working so hard, some of them are working really hard because some of us are acting really stupid and not sort of social distancing in the way that we can. So first and foremost, to make their jobs a little bit easier, let's just not be dicks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what? (laughs) What? Yeah. This country was built on dicks, Alyssa. This is a a dick based country.
3: parent beyond words. And <laughs> then, but same thing, you know, I have, uh, my hubs and I have evacuated. We are in the middle of the woods, social distancing, as much as you can imagine. And what we have just been trying to do, whether it's for the healthcare workers or anyone is like support the local businesses. Almost everybody in town has started curbside pickup for dinner and stuff like that. And so, um, you know what you have given me an idea and maybe I can get one of those restaurants to deliver dinner for the healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, and then, and then leave them an extra big tip. That's what I've been doing because they're, yes. they're having to leave their house during this time. And, um, and it's, you know, it's rough. Um, also our landlord, we really like our landlord. I, I, I know I was just like, fuck landlords, but we really like ours. He lives <laughs> on our, he lives on our property and he's, um, somebody who can't leave and walk around as much as other people can. And so every couple of days we'll text him and be like, Hey, can we do anything? So, if you know somebody and you know that you um could possibly help them, you could just send them a text be like, "Hey, how's it going? Need anything?" That's really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like we're if we go to the store, it's not that big of a deal for us to just like pick up something and then just put it in front of his gate. It's pretty easy. You know, it's like the least effort possible, and it probably makes a huge difference.
3: Um, I think you're totally right, and I think
1: that's really nice. Okay, well, uh Alyssa, do you want to stick around?
3: I mean, I got nothing else to do. (laughs) Are you in your closet? No, as a matter of fact, uh, I've made my husband evacuate the house. So I am actually doing my call from the dining room table today. Wow,
1: wow, you're yeah. really moving up. Okay, hang on, we're going to take a quick break and when you come back, uh, Megan Gailey will join us and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the tiny elephant in the room, the the microscopic elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk to you in a second. Okay. Okay. Welcome back. We're doing social distancing now. So I hear two other voices in my ears. Uh, one of the voices is Alyssa Monaco, who you ho- heard on the last segment. The other voice is, uh, she's a comedian and Indianapolis Colts fan. <laughs> it's Megan Gailey. Hi guys. Welcome. Thank you. Um, first of all, um, Megan, how, how are you handling all this? I personally feel very blessed to
2: have a home that I like to be in and food and supplies and a man I just married, so I don't hate him yet. Um, It's very interesting to be trapped in a house as newlyweds. Um, So I feel pretty good. I'm doing things to like get myself out in sunshine and out of the house cleaning out my car and garage. Um, But I'm, you know, deeply worried and sad and scared for people that
1: I feel like don't have those luxuries that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alyssa, um, how is it going for you? I mean, you said you exiled your husband.
3: (laughs) He, so just a couple of things that could be helpful to anyone listening. We have set up like a schedule for ourselves. So it's like, get up go outside. Like, I don't know about you guys. I mean, you're in California. I'm in upstate New York and it's been like 45 or 50 every day. And as long as the sun is out, we are out. And like, we live in the middle of the woods. We know all of our neighbors who live very far from us. And when we were walking down the street, we saw Eric and Ryan, our favorite neighbors. And I was like, stay on that side of the street, social distancing. And we like just kept going. So it's nice because we know that there are people around if we need anything, but we try to get up, get fresh air. Then we make like a list of things we're going to do every day. Like yesterday, I changed the hard to reach light bulbs. Mm. Wow. That's pretty advanced. That's pretty advanced. It's like all this shit you don't want to do, we've decided we're just going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then at cocktail hour around five, because I don't know about anyone else, but I'm like very concerned about like drinking too much or like gaining weight. And Mm -hmm. so at five o'clock we go for another walk and then we come home and have dinner and you know... That's kind of the excitement. My real favorite thing to do every day has been going to the local cemetery to walk around because I'm like, really put shit in perspective when you're like, wow, that guy was born in the 1800s. He saw the Great Depression and World War II. It's like, this is definitely not bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. I, I've i kind of, because I'm, I'm getting married at the end of May, allegedly. Uh, and I don't know, we don't know if we're going to be able to Do it. Like we have family that's supposed to be coming in. People have already bought their plane tickets. Um, I literally just drop my dresses off to get them altered. And it's like the least important thing. But when you're stuck in a house all Mm -hmm. day, you're thinking about like, okay, it's this huge thing that we're were planning. We're really excited about. And now... I don't, we don't know if it's even possible to have the gathering. And then if it's possible to reschedule it, do we want to reschedule it after everybody took such a huge financial hit? Yeah, like, right. do we want to spend a lot of money on a wedding? Like, it it just is like a really shitty time. and And like, I've kind of oscillated in and out of despair, not just about like myself and my own life, but about what, you know, things that everybody's going to have to give up. Like, you know, the feeling of like, I mean, you know, the feeling of like after um, you move to a new place or a friendship, something ends like you break up with somebody and you think, oh, I'm going to ask this person about this. And you realize you can't anymore. Like, that's kind of how I feel about going about the world as a social person.
2: Well, also your wedding being at the end of May, like that's far enough away that we just don't know what's going to be happening. Like in the next two weeks, we know we're going to be at home or those of us that are going through this process in a responsible way, we're going to be at home hunkered down. So anything in there canceled, got it. But then you start to get into these like, well, I don't know what's going to be happening in August. Mm -hmm. And that can send you down a spiral because some of one of the things that's like so important as a human being is to have things to look forward to and to have oh, a light right. at the end of the tunnel. And right now we're, we're just not able to have that because we don't know what's going to happen. And uncertainty can be a terrifying thing. Even if you don't have something that you're looking forward, you know, just mm-hmm. not being able to like wrap your head around summer travel right? is I think that's really, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling so bad and I know mean, that's crazy. I'm really feeling for these parents and just locked at home with their children. Like yeah. I keep going for walks with my friends that have kids. Cause they're like, my, ki- I, I have a friend who has an 11 month old and she's like, she doesn't understand. Like she knows something up but because we're not going to the park, but I can't tell her like there's germs going around and, you know, she just wants to eat asphalt all day. Mm-hmm. So it's very <laughs> hard to reason or, with her. Um, but I think everyone just has this feeling of anxiety and, and what next? And you think about a new problem every day. Like I, I posted a link to the National Hotline for Domestic Violence and I had three friends were like, oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that one. Like there's this thing, I have a loved one who is trying to get sober right now and had to leave their um, like a sober class that they were in because they're someone that's at risk um, to get this disease and so or to, to get the virus. And so that is extremely, like there's just all of these things that constantly are happening. I've been trying to take a phone break, like just have my phone in a different room, not my computer, not news right before bed, just for my own sanity that I
1: don't start spiraling even more. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, have you... Um, had to
3: deal with any kind of encroaching despair? Well, you know, like the one thing I do want to say is that Aaron. while, you know, we all know that there are greater ills in the world, like you planning to have a wedding and getting married is a big deal. And it like, it's, it is, you know, you're allowed to be stressed about it. Oh, Do thank you. Know what you. I mean. Thank you.
1: I mean, I just, it I was, mean, a, like, it was truly like literally the first text I ever sent Josh when we took it from OKCupid okay to text message. Josh screenshotted my weird joke that I sent him on OKCupid okay Cupid. And he texted it to me with the line, Our future wedding invitation. And I responded, I'd rather die than have an actual wedding. Okay. So, (laughs) So monkey paw finger (laughs) goes down. That's not what I meant. Um, Anyway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, for me, it's look, you know, I consult, all my consulting contracts are cancelled and so for me i'm like okay what am i going to do and it's hard to not think about right mm-hmm. that it took a long time to get these clients or these projects that you actually wanted to work on and now they're gone and like i know they're not coming back right like i know this so but every day you just got to find as the bruce springsteen song goes just got to find a reason to believe and so i uh not going to lie guys i've come up with two projects that are really <laughs> keeping my mind focused it's okay <laughs> I, before they closed and I only touched what I bought, I went to Joanne Fabric and got a complete like intro to knitting set. Oh, Michaela so
1: Watkins would be so proud mm-hmm. of you.
3: So I I know she would. And so I am knitting. And then my sister is, uh, her 40th birthday is this weekend. And she had a bit of a FET planned of uh, like, you know, very posh night out with her husband without her baby. And now they are quarantined, not, not fully quarantined, but they have evacuated to my parents' house and spending more time with my parents than uh, she has in 20 years. And so to make her birthday special, I am teaching myself how to make buttercream roses to put on a cake. Wow. wow. That's that's great. And let me tell you you can really go down a rabbit hole, especially if you take like a little edible about an hour before you start Mm -hmm. practicing. (laughs) Those roses start looking like they should be at a dead show, I tell
2: you. Yeah. I mean, like mommy bloggers must be having a field day. (laughs) Like
3: everybody. Well,
1: the mommy bloggers actually have to take care of their kids now. Oh, so many lessons. (laughs) So many. I know people posting lesson plans and they're kids are not with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah.
2: why are you you're just making a phantom lesson plan? <laughs> it is really interesting too to be like, "Oh yeah, I always said that I was going to do X and now I have the time and I'm not doing it." Like, <laughs> I it's not uh, it's not the time. It's just the task I don't want to do.
1: Yeah, I just think like the thing that's like really gotten me down before I tell you what's kind of gotten me up has been like I think for my gen- for millennials, it just feels like every time we were ready, To make some shit happen, something catastrophic that we had nothing to do with happens to us. Like 9 11 happened right after I turned 18, like right after. So it was like going into the world. You know, it was like the scene in every Broadway show when somebody's twirling (laughs) on stage with a suitcase, like, here I am, you know, like that. And then 9 11. Then, right as we were getting into the professional world, financial crisis. Everybody got laid off. Everybody lost their jobs. Everybody was just trying to start their lives, buy a house, get married, be a responsible adult. That got taken away from us. Now I'm like in my mid thirties. A lot of people are getting ready for a new phase, you know, move to a new city, trying to do this. Like now this fucking thing happens. Now the other side of that is that I am trying to, I mean, I'm a writer. That was my, that's what I normally do when I'm not talking. Um, it's a chance to kind of work on writing projects that take a lot of concentration and that take no distractions. Um, so, you know, working on a couple scripts that I've been like, Oh, this is an idea, but I'm just (laughs) not, I don't have time to work on this. It's uh, like trying to write, like work on jokes that I've wanted to work into things before try to work on like possible pitches for when the show I write for comes back. Like that sort of thing has been good. I've also been getting some reading done, although, the first book I read was uh, a book about the apocalypse, and I don't know. It was maybe a little too much. <laughs> I don't know if you
2: yeah, would. choose your art wisely right now. My husband has definitely turned on movies that I was like, oh, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, this is not the time. <laughs> like, not all light and fluffy, but the fact that Contagion is trending on Netflix is baffling to me. Yeah, but I am going to watch that Lacey Peterson doc. Okay, (laughs) now that I could be murdered by my husband at any moment, but I still need to get into it. (laughs) We've been watching devs.
1: Have you been watching? You know what? Someone suggested devs to me. I'm going to get into devs. Yeah, yeah. I have to try. I mean, it's spoiler alert, but Nick Offerman is scary. Oh, I believe that. He's fully believed that. A a scary man. Well, we also had this election
2: that is, you know, potentially still, I think it was the most politically active I've ever felt and that a lot of people ever felt and that, that they were able to actually do real things and get out and talk to people. And that's very much been taken away from us. And it needed to be just because it's not safe, but to feel like you have a momentum and really invested in something and then it's like cease all activity, no matter
1: what it is. That's a mind fuck for sure. hmm. Yeah. Um, I found myself getting kind of I mean, that's like a super consequential thing to get upset about, like the election and all the the change that you can make at all different levels of government. Um, but I've gotten upset about dumb shit, too. It's like I just have this kind of swirling feeling of being sad and it just engulfs everything and the latest was two days ago I was like oh man the Minnesota Twins could have won the AL Central this year (laughs) that was the dumbest thing I've gotten upset about I mean I screamed yesterday in my room screaming
2: no no for like 10 seconds and my husband's like what happened what happened I'm like the Colts got Philip Rivers. And it truly (laughs) pained me in a way that I was like, this is, I'm obviously reacting about other things, but this is what I can put my anger into. Uh And it feels like frivolous and fine and isn't attack on anyone in the world, but Philip Rivers.
1: Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Alyssa, (laughs) what's the, what's the dumbest thing you've gotten? Like you found yourself mourning, I guess.
3: I mean, honestly, I've been doing okay, ladies. I have. I mean, like, I was God. really confused. I'll tell you this. I was really genuinely, since Megan brought up sports, I was very confused by the Tom Brady news mm-hmm. that he's, like, leaving, but nobody knows where he's going. But I guess now it's Tampa Bay, maybe. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why the fuck would Giselle ever want to live in Tampa Bay? And I don't really like Tom Brady all that much, but I was, like, I was into it. Yeah, I was into the breaking
2: news. NFL free agency has been the only sort of like drama that feels not like bad to be invested in yeah. because there's like NBA news, but it's like Kevin Durant tested positive and you're like, oh, get, no, 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 get that out of here. Bring <laughs> back probably,
3: Brady. Where's Brady? You know, like <laughs> at least sports has given us that. Or when they talk about, no, I was watching, I was watching, uh, cause I enjoy watching ice hockey and I was sitting last night and they had some piece on ESPN about hockey and I just sitting on my chair and I was like, huh? And my husband's like, what? I was like nothing it just made me think of what Dr Fauci says. And he's like what does Dr <laughs> Fauci say? And I was like you don't go towards the puck, you go towards where the puck's going. And he's like oh wow. cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean I've never played hockey different. but yeah everything is uh totally different. Um so let's talk a little bit let's move on from the virus. Actually yesterday Josh was like Aaron, we need to have some times when we're not talking about the virus because I lo- I'm like I love Pandemics, I'm fascinated with them, like how some people are fascinated with serial killers. Mm-hmm. And this is like a time when talking about it all the time is not good. Um, so, uh, I wanted to talk about other times that we have been stuck indoors in our lives because I think, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get started. Um, I was in Chicago in 2011 for a snowstorm. Were you there, man? I was there, too. Oh, my God. What did you do? I went to, we, you know, we sort of like knew it was coming. And
2: so I went to my friend's house in Bucktown. And oh, my we we like still talk about it as being the most fun we've ever had. We were just sort of sequestered in her home. She had two terrible roommates, these men that we made do things for us. All Like a man left to go buy us peach rings, like went out into a terrible terrible blizzard. We went to our friend's house at one point and like a car pulled over and it was a state of emergency. You weren't allowed to get in anybody's car. No one should be driving. And these two men were in the front seat and they're like, get in, get in. And so my friend and I were drunk and childish. And so we get in the car. They are passing a bottle of Jim Beam back and forth while driving this car. (laughs) And the one guy goes, don't worry, he's a cop. And then then the cop goes, and don't worry, he's a judge. And it was the most Chicago Chicago experience to just be drinking in the back of a car that should not be driven by workers for the government. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But I also watched Human Centipede during that blizzard, and that has stuck with me in a negative
1: way. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Alyssa, you lived in DC for a while, and that whole city shuts down every time it snows.
3: (laughs) It does. And you know what? I'm just for it. I just don't think that we should risk. Uh, Our lives ever. And so it's like the whole point of having fucking iPhones and Blackberries and and Wi-Fi is so that you can work from home. But the most sequestered I ever was ever uh, was, I think it was uh, 1987. And we got some freak (laughs) ice storm slash snowstorm in like October, early October. So the leaves were still all on the trees. And so I was, I was, I mean, God, maybe fifth or sixth grade in uh, Rhinebeck, New York, and every single person in town lost power for five to seven days. And it starts off like an adventure. And after two days, it's like dad has taken out the grill. We're cooking (laughs) and boiling all water on the grill outside. On the grill. Oh, yeah. You guys, you heard it here first. It's the best. It's the best. Let me tell you, after that, the sign of wealth in my town became who's got the biggest fucking generator. There were no BMWs or Mercedes. No one gave a shit about that. But if you have a generator that can run for 72 hours, you are fucking rich as hell. And by the time we were actually just talking about it the other day. My, and I was, we're, because it was like all four of us were sleeping. My mom, dad, and sister, we all slept in the living room. We kept warm by the fire and like one by one, you had to stop using each of the bathrooms. Oh so my it was God. like, you know, one day it's like mom and pop's bathroom. And then day three, it's like <gasps> only the middle bathroom. Oh my and God. then by day five, it's only the powder room. And I was joking. So I was like, Ma, Remember when everyone would go into town to Foster's? Foster's was like this coach house like tavern and everyone just looked fucking beat to hell. and They were going in for the last batch of fried clams or whatever the fuck they were still serving just to get out of the house. And Oof. so I was joking that this couldn't turn into like Foster's as a last resort. And then my mom let me know that in fact for <laughs> to contain the pandemic, Fosters had closed. Oh, so it was no. not even an option oh. anymore.
1: That's like I think that's one of the hardest parts of this because in other other times when it's been like, okay, everybody hunker down. Like I think Uh, you know, the Chicago blizzard or whatever, sometimes people would like, after a couple days, people were walking down to the bar at the corner and everybody was kind of hanging out and commiserating. And it was sort of like, hey, everybody, here we are, we're together. Um, And even Hurricane Sandy, I was living in um, Greenwood Heights, which is kind of by um, the big cemetery in Brooklyn. And it was completely, we didn't have any bad effects from the storm, apart from the fact that our servers at at Gawker Media had gotten flooded and we couldn't work (laughs) at all. Um, But we were fine. And the businesses around where we were, were open. So Mm -hmm. we kind of just could walk down. I mean, some people lost power, but we could walk down and see people and hang out. And here you just can't really.
2: In Chicago, I worked in the a a bar, I was a bartender and waitress at a bar that was in the first floor of a high rise. And it was almost like weatherproof because people, even during the blizzard, people would just come down in slippers. They didn't have to go outside to get to our bar. So it would end up being packed when everything else wasn't. And things like that now, it's like nothing is foolproof to being open now. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, if you're experiencing, if somebody in your family has gotten laid off or furloughed or can't work, um, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I, I work on a microphone and I have a field kit so I can record wherever, you know? And there's a part of me that's like, oh, let's go. Oh wait, we can't, <laughs> yeah, can't go somewhere. We can't just, can't just go to, you know, Death Valley or whatever. We can't, we're supposed to stay in one place. Yeah. Um, I wanted to pivot really quickly to talk about, um, grocery stores. I called Naomi Paragon because she's sheltering in place right now. Um, and she was talking about panic buying and her opinions of it, but I would I want to open this part of the conversation by reading my my brother's dispatch of panic buying <laughs> from Owatonna, Minnesota, because <laughs> it's hit everywhere. Apparently, the grocery stores in Frederick, Wisconsin still have... Uh, Lysol and stuff, but Owatonna has Mike said, uh, I just went to the grocery store in Owatonna. It was among the most hilarious experience of my entire life. There was a great run of tolerable hits of the 90s on the radio, and it got me thinking if society were to collapse, Paula Cole songs and similar music would fade into this weird sort of dark ages public domain. Everyone would know the songs, but nobody would know why. Everything dried had been purchased. All soups were gone except the cream of shrimp and beefy mushroom. <laughs> so, you know, it's not a real apocalypse. Candy was about as sparse as cereal, which surprisingly included a disproportionate number of chocolatey selections. One lady was standing next to the empty rice section as if the rice would magically appear. So that is my brother's dispatch from Owatonna, Minnesota. Um, Alyssa, did you go shopping? Did you notice anybody buying up all the stuff? And did you think, why are you buying all that stuff?
3: So, you know me. (laughs) My job, when I was in the White House, it's like the pandemic team that Trump disbanded. I was a part of that. Hurricane Sandy, Aaron, when you were like, what's gonna happen? You didn't have to worry about it because I had your fucking back. Oh, <laughs> so thanks. The thing that I don't do, I try to remember that like other people need shit. So I I have been very discreet in my grocery shopping, um, trying not to buy unhealthy things, but it's really hard because like if you don't want to go to the grocery store a lot, like buying a lot of vegetables, like they're gonna rot before you can eat them. So it's like very stressful. The only thing I have not been able to do is find like sanitizing wipes, right? So I go down to my parents' house yesterday where my sister and her husband and the baby are and, uh, you know, L-bumping only. I keep my social distancing from them too. And I was like, fuck, you know, the only thing I can't find is like Purell. And I tried to make it myself. You know, you can make it with aloe and alcohol or also like very strong vodka. And I was like, I can do it. And my mom's like, yeah, you know what? I read something in the paper a couple of weeks ago. And so I went out and I bought all the wipes. And I was like, how many fucking things of wipes do you have? (laughs) Oh, no. Mama, she she Uh, only had like eight. But I was like, you are for sure 100% giving me some to take home because I don't have any, she's like, Alyssa, one, don't more than one, just one. And so that's been the, uh, that's been the excitement up here. And that's your own mother. Grocery, that's your mom. Yeah. My ma, my ma, <laughs> she, I will say though, this was one of my better, like I go to the shop, right? I, you know, you have to bring your own bags now in New York, you know, plastic bags have been outlawed and I always do self-checkout. And so I get there and I was like, wait, what is this? It's a product supply update. Dear customers, due to high demand, some of the products below will be limit to per category at checkout. And my favorite one was all chicken parts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it was eggs at my grocery store. It was
2: eggs, paper towels, and toilet paper. at my, They had signs posted, but everything was gone.
1: Yeah, there was nothing there. Yesterday, all the bread was gone. Mm-hmm. Eggs, um, like weirdly all the creamers. like. Yeah like a lot of cookies but you know what I realized last week um I went to a uh, Mexican grocery store Mm -hmm. and that was still had most of this it was really busy but it still had pretty much all this all the stuff in it yeah no potatoes but everything else was pretty much fine Megan did you you know I was working I did I
2: started to get worried about um coronavirus like weeks ahead not to make it seem like I was into a band before all of you were Um, but I think we were all (laughs) listening to the same podcast and like hello is anyone listening (laughs) Um, so I sort of started to like plant a seed that we needed to get things but I was working during the day and so CJ went out and got some stuff definitely not he did not like panic or over Buy. I think we have too many home run in pizzas right now. Um, (laughs) Because, like, that's the thing. He was in charge of buying things. And then I'm like, why did you buy so many mac and cheeses? So then I had to go buy like produce this weekend. And I also went to a Hispanic grocery store and produce was like wide open. And but still, all of the toilet paper and everything there was gone. There also is part of me, I ordered in on. Uh, Friday and Saturday night, Domino's Saturday. I didn't mean to say ordered in like it was (laughs) like the meal from Mrs. Doubtfire that she pretends she made. We
1: had the help.
2: (laughs) The help prepared some um, lava cakes for us at Domino's (laughs) and we did get a lava cake. It's excellent. And so, and I'm going to I'm making, I like made things in the crock pot and I'm cooking all this week. Oh my God. It was St. Patrick's Day was on Tuesday and I was like, we don't have a corned beef. And I was so sad. And then CJ reminded me that we had corned beef hash in a can. And I truly, I felt like I was in Little Women. Like I was just like (laughs) clinging to Clementines. (laughs) And so I was so happy. But then on Friday, I think I've decided I want to like put real clothes on, put makeup on, and then like order in from this nice Italian place that's in our neighborhood that like emailed and was like, we have cut prices, please still order in and just have kind of like a real meal cooked by somebody else in our house.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I think there's just something about the phrase ordering in. It sounds so much more posh than like we got taken. Yes, yeah, but that's how I'm (laughs) presenting. We ordered in. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was like kind
1: of, nervous about this before. I mean, like I've been a couple days ahead because about a week and a half ago, my mom was planning on coming to visit me Mm -hmm. and I told her not to. And she got sad at me, which Mm -hmm. is a thing that everybody with a mother can probably relate to. It's like a, it's like a weaponized sadness. I got, she got sad at me and uh, I was like, you know what? Don't, don't come. You know, it doesn't really, I don't really, she's not in the risk group. I'm not in the risk group, but I would have felt terrible if she had been a vector in our small town uh, where there's no hospital and a lot of old people. So... I told her to cancel her trip on Monday. By Friday, I felt pretty smug about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Wednesday, after we recorded, I immediately went to... I was like, I don't know about this. I went to Trader Joe's. It was overrun with comedy writers. <laughs> of st- course. <laughs> stocking up. Um, but it, the least competent people on earth. I know. And But then it was weird because I went to my neighborhood grocery store, which is a lot more like... And I live in a neighborhood that's sort of like mixed Hispanic and white people. And um, it was like all... like abuelas mm-hmm. shopping just in a, at a leisurely pace. And then that night, uh, Josh and I went and we got like a bunch of canned food and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like, I don't know. I think it's, it says something about the American psyche that as soon as shit hits the fan, we're all like, what can we buy? What can we buy? Let's go buy stuff. What can I buy? And it also says something weird to me about the, the run on toilet paper that was totally manufactured by other people hoarding toilet paper. Like we don't need that much toilet paper.
3: You know? I mean, I I have to agree. When I saw people, it's like are they selling that shit on eBay? Like who needs that much toilet paper? Yeah, I have nothing else to add. Toilet <laughs> paper's
1: crazy. I mean, my like very blue joke about this is that like when people work from home, they get bored and jerk off a lot, and maybe that's what the toilet paper's for.
2: Wow, I, I don't I actually don't know what people do to dispose of the waste from that. So <laughs> I, I guess I've always imagined it just like in the Avengers when
1: people just disappeared into the air. That's what happens. It's like fairy dust. I guess I should ask my husband. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, I guess let's wrap up this conversation um, by saying, uh, let's offer some practical advice. Um, what happens if you get extremely irritated with the person that you're stuck with in the, the shelter-in-place command? What, what do you do?
2: I've been trying to get ahead of that by just going, like, separating from my husband as much as possible, and some of that is he finds me to be very annoying, mm-hmm. and so I give him a wide berth, but I, like a, like a prisoner in, uh, in confinement, I am requiring myself to go outside for 30 minutes a day just to, like, heed that off, but I think if you are getting annoyed with someone, you just gotta, you just gotta separate.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, everyone was talking about like, you know, weeks ago, oh, like everyone's going to be, you know, self, self self-quarantining or whatever, all the Corona babies, more like Corona divorce. I mean, it is like small quarters and tight quarters in most cases for people to spend that much time together. But no, we do it. It's like, look, there are things that he does (laughs) that I struggle with. (laughs) Right. And here's the thing. They're not going to fucking change in the next two weeks. So instead of passively aggressively going to the sink and being like, oh, hey, do you peel an orange in here? Oh, yeah, cool, cool. I just clean out the fucking orange for right now. And I know that I'm not going to make the bed for the next two weeks because that's his jam, Mm -hmm. the bed and washing towels. Okay, I will clean the sink and I will vacuum. And like, that's the thing. We just have to keep the house tidy. I think that's, like, super Mm -hmm. important because even though I don't look like a tidy person, I like things to be clean. And the minute they're not, it's like I fucking get, like, voices inside my head. So that's what – and we definitely plan. You know, like, I was like, hey, I'm taping Hysteria. Why don't you go out for a few hours? And he, like, you know – packed his backpack and headed out later. (laughs) Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. (laughs) Separate time is important and it's good to like schedule it. So it doesn't seem like retaliatory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think uh, the Corona divorces point (laughs) is really good. Also Corona babies. What everybody's stuck home with their kids right now. And I am learning. Yeah. Like I implied earlier, how much people truly are annoyed by their kids. No, this is a time I'm like, That IUD is staying in a a little longer than I planned for it too. (laughs) This is another time when I, I mean, I have a lot of teachers in my family, but I am extra appreciative of all the work that teachers do. And I think a lot of parents are developing a new appreciation for what parents do because it's like, not only are they stuck with your kid all day, Mm -hmm. they're stuck with everybody else's kids too. So maybe we should be less of jerks to teachers. I'm also so thankful this didn't happen while I was a child because my
2: mom was a teacher and I know that she... she would have been a more brutal teacher than me going to school. Like it would have been worse for me to have to be at home with her, being like school seven thirty to two forty five. And we are we had a snow day once, and my mom made me watch a slideshow of STDs as a child. <laughs> you know, she always thinks it's a time for learning, and I'm so glad I'm away from that bitch for this. No, I, <laughs> I mean bitch with love. She's my bitch.
1: <laughs> um, okay, uh, well I, let's let's wrap this up so that we can get back to. All of the nothing we're going to do. But I do want to, to make one note that, you know, all three of us that you're hearing right now are partnered. But I heard a rumor from somebody who is not partnered and lives with a roommate that they're already so irritated with Oof. each other that they have to eat lunch in shifts. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> oh, there's so many roommates past that I'm thinking about that I'm like, thank God oh I'm not my with God. you. God. I had
1: a roommate in Chicago who, when she moved out, she asked if she could take my cat. I was like, what? no, you can't take Eleanor. It
3: was so the weird. Fuck is that crazy? Shit?
1: She was Russian. Um, so oh, just did Yeah. Just <laughs> anyway. And I mean offense when I say oh. all. <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, well, let's wrap this part of the show up. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're not doing Hills Will Die On because there's too much dying. We're going to do Sanity Corner.
4: And enjoy your edible <laughs> legal disclaimer paid for by Vote Save America votesaveamerica.com not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee
1: All right. Welcome back. We are at the end of the show, but instead of us complaining about things that are petty and don't really matter, we're going to do something um, a little different. We're going to talk about things that have brought us joy or that have brought us distraction or that um, have made us happy. This is Sanity Corner. So um, I guess we don't have a listener hill. Um, But if you're listening and you have something that has been particularly helpful for you that you think other people could benefit from, you can send it to us at hysteria at crooked dot com. Also, if you want to tweet at us, um, the hashtag hysteria is
4: uh, really popping right now.
1: It is (laughs) popping. as Megan said. Um, So maybe Hysteria Podcast or Hysteria Pod. And uh, we, I always, like I stalk the hashtag anyway and take a look at what people are saying. So if you have something to offer that gives you some sanity, please uh, join in the conversation. Um, Megan, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um,
2: I was going to, recommend this a few weeks ago and then uh, I don't think we were doing coronavirus quarantine recommendations so it fell by the wayside. Um, It's an HBO comedy special by Whitmer Thomas. It's called The Golden One. It's more like comedy documentary. There's music and I only say that because there's people that have gone in being like this is a comedy special and then like whoa this is sad. It's so beautiful and moving. Whit is one of my dear friends. He's an amazing person and it's very much like his journey going back to his hometown of Gulf Shores and kind of taking trips down memory lane but then also reconnecting with family and it's so beautiful and has made me cry so if you're not in the mood to cry and feel something else but the jokes are funny the music is great and he's also kind of like a hot babe so (laughs) that is an added plus but he doesn't want to be a hot babe so that's an even added plus plus Okay. He does look kind of like an 80s teen
1: idol on his yeah. billboards. I think they styled it like that. On Absolutely. Purpose. I mean, that's my dream for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll go next. Um, I have a couple sanity corners. First, uh, I want to recommend to everybody who isn't familiar with her work, Samantha Irby, I think is the funniest uh, writer in America working today. And I, and I say that with like, utmost respect. She's so amazing. Um, I knew her back in Chicago and she's also just a really, really nice person. And, um, she deserves, she has a new essay collection coming out on the 31st of the month. So if there's any way for you to get a book, she's written two other essay collections. Um, wow, no thank you. Comes out on the 31st. Uh, we're never meeting in real life (laughs) came out a couple years ago and meaty was her first one. And all three are just like, laugh out loud have to put put the book down and get up and and leave the room gasping for air in a nice way hilarious so Samantha Irby is great um I also had never watched Shits Creek all the way through it's one of my goals and I'm watching it in a serialized way and it is really bringing me a lot of joy i think Katherine O'Hara is mm-hmm. a uh one of the most gifted comedians working today and she's just fucking generationally yeah. outstanding um the entire cast is great um, and let me think, what else have I been doing? Oh, I watched The Shining last night. Oh boy. Which made me feel a little, it's, it's, well, I bought a sound bar for our TV. Yeah, we have one now too. I, I was like, I think we're going to be, uh, in the same space for a while. I'm going to get a highly recommended sound bar. And, uh, The Shining sounded great and it made me feel better because it's like, you know what? At least we're, we're not, uh, we're, at least we're yeah, safe.
2: There's not elevators of blood gushing at us.
1: Yeah. Although that is badass. Oh yeah. It's a that's a fucking great movie.
3: Okay, so those are that's my sanity corner. Alyssa, do you want to go? Yeah. So my sanity corner, this book that I have been enjoying immensely, and I love that we give book shout-outs because so many people wrote books and they're coming out, and like they can't have events, and nobody knows that these books have come out. And so this is called You Never Forget Your First by Alexis Co. It oh. is a biography of George Washington, and as she points out. Most history books are written about men, by men, for men. And so this is a truly delightful, incredibly interesting book about George Washington, where you learn things like his dislikes. Can I share them with you? Yes, please. Okay. George Washington's true dislikes, idle chatter, sitting for portraits, inherited titles, Wasted Opportunity, Procrastination, Slapstick Humor, Political Parties. I'm like, was he Bernie Sanders? Like, what is George Washington doing? But anyway, it's like really delightful. And I think that uh, the audiobook would be one of those things that's great for people who have kids to listen to something out loud that's like interesting for mom and also for child. So anyway, I thought it, it's been very fun. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Alexis is great she's a she's a very fun writer. Um, I also want to mention that I just finished another. I only read women in the month of March. Mm-hmm, it's just uh, right. it's just my it's my journey. I just read a book called Severance by Ling Ma, which is an uh, apocalyptic book about a plague that ends the world. But it is really funny, and she's a beautiful writer. I'd also recommend that one. If you guys are some interested and you can stomach something a little bit darker, it's it's really good. Um okay, well, Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Alyssa and Megan for joining me um, on the mic. And uh, we'll, we're gonna keep making hysteria, guys, as long as we have microphones that plug in and as, as long as electricity works and as long as uh, we're it's safe to talk. This is all I have. Yeah, this is <laughs> nothing I else. Mean, to we're know. literally just staying home, like banking great ideas yeah. every week. So we're still going to be making hysteria for you guys. Every week, and um, thank you so much for listening. Please take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay sane. And thank your local nurse, teacher, food service worker, people who work in public transportation, anybody right now who is working hard to help us get through this. Um, give them a long distance virtual hug, and um, check in on your parents and loved ones. Make sure everybody's doing well. And uh, there'll be more hysteria from us next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media Caroline Reston is our producer our editor is Sarah Barrett and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team Elijah Cohn and Nadina Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week